Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning. Uh, my name's David Morgan. For those that don't know me, it's David. It's easy to remember. Uh, I've been here for a couple of years now at Greyfriars. Um, I've been involved in Alpha once or twice since I've been here. And at the back end of last year, around about November, I attended, along with some other people, the preaching course that was run by uh, John and Dan and Alyssa. So let's see whether they actually managed to teach me anything. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, continuing this kind of series of, of looking at the minor prophets, and today we're going to be looking at this guy called Habakkuk. Or as a friend referred uh, to it when I spoke to them about what I was doing, they mentioned the Habakkuk book, which sounded much, much better to me. Now, the name Habakkuk, uh, it's quite difficult to actually find out what its location is and what it actually means. In Hebrew, the closest that you can get to it is embrace, which I thought was, was quite nice, really. However, in the other ancient languages, when you try and trace it back, the nearest that we get to it is uh, something to do with plants or herbs, and principally, basil. So I thought, oh, that's probably good for a Habakkuk book. We've got basil already, so maybe we ought to call him basil. Anyway, let's see if there is indeed something inside of this uh, book, some kind of recipe uh, and ingredients that might help us with our faith, because when I was reading through this, that's exactly what it spoke to me about. As already been mentioned, we are going to do things slightly differently today. We are going to have the readings. You've obviously spotted the fact that we haven't read anything yet from Scripture, so we're going to do that um, uh, now, and uh, Mariana is going to be uh, my reader. Thank you. Chapter 1, first verses. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Habakkuk complained. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so the justice is perverted. And then we have the reply. The Lord's answer. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are feared and dreaded people they are the law to themselves and promote their own honor. So, Habakkuk, who was he? Well, honestly, we don't really know too much about him, but we do know a little bit about this book. 
we know that it was dated around and written around 600 BC and was set in the southern kingdom of Judah and the city of Jerusalem. And there were this huge bunch of people called the Assyrians who ruled the area, but they were getting smaller and smaller. But there were another group of people, more bad news I'm afraid, the Babylonians who were getting bigger and stronger. And Habakkuk found himself in the middle of all of this. He was a prophet, but he didn't necessarily, certainly in this book, have a word from God to the people, but had a word with God about the people. That's what we're going to explore a little bit more. But first of all, Heather, I need a couple of volunteers, if you don't mind, to come up and play with some dough, which will all become apparent as we go through this, so don't get too worried. Um, just a couple of people. Bethany and Simone, right, Bethany and Simone, these are your two pieces of dough. And what I need you to do is just to work it really hard, just to keep pressing down and just work it around and around and around. Yeah, can you do that? For all the time that I'm talking, you can kneel, you can stand, you can do whatever you do. I'm only talking for an hour, by the way, so you'll be fine. <laughs> so in these opening passages, can we have the first slides, please? We see... Habakkuk painting a very, very sorry picture uh, of where he's living at the moment. There is violence, injustice, destruction, conflict, a paralyzed law, and wickedness. We could forgive Habakkuk for thinking that God had left them all alone. The people certainly seem to have left God and were chasing everything else that was going on around them. Had God turned away from them? Habakkuk thinks so, and he cries out to God, asking, why? Why do you allow this? Why don't you do something? Why are you silent? Why don't you seem to care? I don't know about you, but I certainly find myself in those positions at some time or another. And in these moments, it would be easy to kind of give up. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Habakkuk's opening line. It is a real test of faith when things in our life just seem chaotic and kind of out of control. Where is God in these moments? Maybe he's taken the bank holiday off. He'd be fortunate to get a seat on a train, that's for sure. But Habakkuk, he digs deep. He really digs deep inside. And, and even though he felt like God was missing, his relationship with God told him that he still needed to call on him for help. Sometimes we have to work hard on the little bit of faith that we have just like our volunteers are doing here, working very hard with this dough, you're doing a great job. They're taking something tiny, little tiny yeast seeds, turning it into something, hopefully, wonderful. Jesus referred to a mustard seed of faith when he gave his disciples a bit of a telling off one day when they failed to dismiss a demon the story that's told in chapter 17 of Matthew. 
This dried yeast in the dough is almost as tiny and it works with the same principle that when you plant it, it grows. Plant yeast into flour and water and it starts a process that will see it build, expand and strengthen. Sometimes we need to get on our knees and just dig deep like Habakkuk and find that seed of faith that works into God's hands to see it grow. And so we do have our first ingredient. We get on our knees and find that tiny seed of faith. Thank you, volunteers. You can keep going if you want to, if you're enjoying yourselves. <laughs> I'll leave you to it. Uh, there's one other quick theme here that I'm not going to labor on too much because I don't have an awful lot of time, but, but something that we really can't ignore. In, in reply to Habakkuk's initial complaint, God says, we've just heard it, I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. And that sounds amazing so far. It sounds like a really positive response. Then he says, I am raising the Babylonians. What? Habakkuk can't believe it. Sorry, Lord, you're, you're going to do what? It's the bitter truth sometimes, isn't it, that God uses bad to deliver the greater good. It's an uncomfortable feeling. We would much rather that God dealt with the bad straight off. However, in the gospel message, Judas Iscariot did not hand over Jesus to the Romans for the greater good, but just for some pieces of silver. But God had a plan far greater a far greater good to come from it. And the death and resurrection of Jesus prove that. We, like Habakkuk, can't see the bigger picture. Sometimes it's a bitter pill to swallow. But again, we must dig deep for that seed of faith and trust that God is doing something in the world doing something in the cities, doing something in the towns, doing something in your own circumstances that will ultimately bring about some really good changes. Let's have our next reading. Habakkuk's second complaint. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked Swallow up those more righteous than themselves. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the rampart. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. The Lord's answer. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. 
For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest because he is greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. He gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. So let's be honest, Habakkuk by now is really upset, but he doesn't give up. He cries out again. He effectively says to God, look, Lord, these Babylonians, they're far worse than this lot. Is this really the only answer? I want you to do something, but, but really this? And he says to God, come on, Lord, give me an answer. Almost saying, tell me some better news. And then says, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stand here hopeful and expectant and wait until you do. And that reminds me. We wait here at Greyfriars, and certainly I do, expectantly for Alpha online to start. If you've got people who are inquisitive about Jesus and about the Christian faith, then please keep an eye out. We will be doing Alpha online so people can do it in the comfort of their own home. It's an amazing way to do it, and we start that soon. When we do Alpha, we have a particular session that looks at how we wait on God. And there is an analogy that's used uh, about going to a GP surgery. If you go into a GP surgery, you sit in front of your doctor and you start talking to him about all of your ailments and your pains and your conditions and what's going on with you, you wouldn't just spill all that out and then just walk out the door. You're going to wait. You're going to sit and wait for the answer. You need to know what's going to happen next. What can I do? What's the advice? It's the same with God. Waiting on God can be quite a test of our faith, especially these days. I did wonder if Habakkuk were alive today, if he would have used Google. I tried it, and I put in one of the questions, look, why do you tolerate bad people? That was one of his questions. And look at that result. I got 72,200,000 responses in 0.52 seconds. It's absolutely amazing. But you know what? Not one of them gave me the answer. We live in a world where everything is instant. I could download some music to my phone and I'd be listening to it on the way home. I can order some food and that would be waiting for me when I got home to cook. Everything is around us very, very quickly. God is highly unlikely to respond through Google or an app. We have to learn to wait. It will be his reply in his way, in his time. Not my time, not your time, his time, his perfect time. If we were to leave this dough that was being 
massaged <laughs> earlier on and we waited just like our faith when we wait patiently and trust it grows it's not done too bad actually given it was quite cold this morning it grows it gets stronger it takes on a new shape and so we have our second ingredient, really. Patience, standing and waiting for God. Waiting for him to work, to respond while we wait. And while we wait, we grow in faith. Knowing that his reply or action will be exactly what is needed when it is needed. I spoke earlier as well about inner strength and digging deep. Another strength to rely on. God's strength not just ours. In chapter 1 of this uh, passage, in verse 11, God refers to the Babylonians as guilty people whose own strength is their God. And he goes on to mock them with their idols that cannot speak, idols that have no breath in them. Habakkuk is told that even though this is going to get ugly for a while, God is going to use the Babylonians in his plan anyway. But in the end, they will be judged. Their misplaced faith that they have in their own ability and their silly wooden idols will be judged. And one day, that empire will come to an end. We can't destroy empires, but he can. If we fall into trusting in our own strength, we will surely fail, just like Babylon. And we could be judged too. But if we trust in God and his strength, he will win every time. I would sum it up like this. We will not find God in our own strength. But we will find strength in our God. And so we have another ingredient, God's strength. His power to do something with our small seed of faith, to mix it with his strong arms and bring about some mighty change. And so we get on to Habakkuk's prayer, the final chapter. And when you start to think about all that we've just talked on, we inevitably start to realize that in our darkest moments, there is hope in our God, and he should rightly be praised. Habakkuk says, we're going to have another quick reading. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the sheepfold, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. No matter how bad it is all around us, I will praise you and I will thank you because I have faith that one day it will all come good. After all the hard work, of the dough and after all the hard work of waiting comes the perfect prize 
in this final chapter, a song of praise. He looks back at what God has done in the history of Israel. He sings of the Exodus story and how God saved his people from the Egyptian slavery and brought them into the promised land. How he parted the sea and crushed the enemy that followed. He looks back at an Exodus past, but forward to a new Exodus, to a new time when God will rescue his people. Although eventually rescued from Babylonian exile, we remember, of course, how this rescue is ultimately fulfilled in the perfect time with the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So we have our recipe. We have our seed of faith, digging deep, sometimes on our knees. We mix it together with God's strength because we can't do it alone. We stand and wait patiently, allowing God to work and our faith to grow. And we joyfully praise God because the final outcome will be glorious. I'm just going to pray for a moment and then I think Natalie and Heather are going to come up to give us an opportunity to respond uh, to what we've just been hearing. Thank you, Lord, that in times of trouble, you are always there to support us, to be with us. Thank you that in those times when our faith is small, you can nurture that, you can take that and build it with us. Thank you that in times of chaos, you are in control. Help us, Lord, to stay faithful, to not try and go out on our own strength, but to do it in partnership with you. Be with us always, Lord, in the days, weeks, years ahead. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.